0: Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to another Minecraft episode today in this beautiful morning. At least it's morning in Vermont and the birds are chirping and it's just like a symphony out there. Anyway, my name is Kimberly Quinn and I am absolutely passionate about this discussion today, which is about figuring out your Dharma and just embracing it with everything you've got. So first of all, before we even go an inch further, I want to give a shout out today to Jay Shetty's uh, kind of been added to my list of great teachers. He's amazing. I enjoy his podcasts and his books. I'm currently reading his book, Think Like a Monk. And I'll tell you, I am working on my own monk mindset right now. And uh, so I'm inspired by by Jay today. And he talks about Dharma, which I think, you know, many of us have heard the word. And like many Sanskrit words, are not just Sanskrit words, but worse from any other language, don't always have a direct translation into English or, or a different language. And so Dharma basically is kind of like your calling. And we've talked a lot about this in previous Minecraft episodes about really being open to listening. And as my good friend, Oprah says, listening to the whispers, right? And so it's interesting how the great teachers are all really saying the same thing, right? So, being opening to the being open to the whispers is being open to to um, revealing, for lack of a better word, revealing or discovering what your dharma is. So, basically, the Sanskrit word dharma means, loosely defined, is your um, calling. It's your what you are meant to do on this earth. Calling, so it involves passion it involves excitement and it also involves usefulness or there, you know, there's sort of like a service component to it because, you know, obviously, you know, we've all, we all have a gift, all, all the nearly 8 billion of us snowflakes have a unique gift that we were put on this earth to do. And so this talk is about, you know, revealing, discovering, being open to listening to what that Dharma or unique gift and purpose, passion is because we can't, you know, we we can, we can like what somebody else is doing. They're doing this like really cool, sexy thing and they're singing and they're, you know, famous or they're speaking and they're famous or they're an athlete and they're doing this and that, and that's all great for them. But here's the thing. We got to run our own race and no matter how much we want that, we, we can't really, um, fulfill that because that's their dharma to fulfill. We can only fulfill our dharma. We need to, we need to know what that is in order to do so. You know, and often when people say you know you can do anything you want to if you set your mind to it, in one sense that's true because you know I'm talking about the power of the mind a lot, and what we focus on and prioritize, you know, typically will take off. However, you got to weigh that out in a dharma sense. In a dharma sense. And there's a good example coming in a second is you, you know, you can do all that, but as far as being fulfilled, okay, you might be successful at that by various definitions of what success is. You might make a lot of money at it. You know, you might be in limelight and whatever, whatever, but will you be fulfilled and, you know, filled up? Nah, not if it's not what you're meant to do. And a good example of that, which Jay uses in his book, think like a monk monk is Andre Agassi, the famous tennis player, who knew that he was pretty miserable playing tennis. All here he here he's a star athlete. And I guess his father pushed him into it at an early age and kept at him and kept at him. And he did really well. And it was only when he was sort of free from that stage of his life that he jumped into what he was really passionate about and loved to do. And he and he set up a um a school for at-risk youth. I believe in Nevada from from K to eight or K to twelve. And um did he do the tennis thing? Yeah. Was it fulfilling and rewarding for him? No, not so much. And so really the ideal um sort of recipe for this, because yes, the power of the mind is tremendous, you know, infinite really. We're thinking about our, our divine connection. Yet really what we're striving for is not to run somebody else's race, do somebody else's dharma you know parents living vicariously through us because they didn't get to do do this this and that and that and now their kids got to be a hockey star so they can you know live the life they didn't live i see that a lot actually where we are and no but what we want to do is be in alignment and oprah has talked about this a lot a lot of the great thinkers talk about this a lot It, it, it is when to be in the flow zone We're talking about which means the flow zone means we are doing exactly what we are, what we are gifted with, meant to do, what is our purpose in this world that is aligned with our personality, our skill set, right? Our personality and skill set, what we are meant to do because it's also somehow contributes and serves the world or universe. We need to be in alignment when our passion and purpose line up with our personality And in some way contributes to the world. That is when we are in flow zone and we know we're in flow zone because there is no one else we'd rather be nowhere else. We'd rather be than right here, right now. And the joy that comes out of that is, is just incredible. And, um, Jay has this little, which is cool. He has this little quadrant, four squares, um, you know, kind of set up here. Just picture one square and then draw one line down the middle, you know, vertically and another line down the middle or uh, horizontally. And he, in the first box at the top left, he has skill, but no passion. So that's kind of the Andre Agassi story, right? Because he had this tremendous athletic talent too, it. talents different because I kind of like, you know, about genetics and all that skill set with all his tennis skills, but no passion. He didn't like it. Okay, then the second right over to the top right, top left is skill, no passion, top, sorry, top left, skill, no passion, top right, skill and passion, which is ob- obviously where we want to reside. And then down below, beneath one is three, which is no skill, no passion, least favorable square to reside in, not having this skill set and hating it. I don't like the word hate, let's say dislike tremendously and then right next to that is box four which is no skill but passion we don't that is that also is not a lot to offer because we might be tremendously passionate about whatever it is that we're doing but we don't have the skill set well that ain't gonna fly either because we're talking about the alignment remember of our skill set our strengths our strengths and our passion with our personality and only then can we truly be useful and and contribute to the to the universe, and and absolutely be loving it? So the strengths part's very important to talk about too, because um, he does a little thing. He talks about you know also grades when we were growing up, and um, you know you get, you get you get you know two A's, a B, and a D. And what are the you know what does your family, what are the adults in your life focus on? Write the D. And, and Jay says, "Is maybe we can look at that a little differently. Is that D really a weakness or is that maybe someone else's dharma? Interesting perspective. Um, and the strengths piece is really, really important because in order to be in alignment, to have our passion be in alignment with our, our skill set, our signature strengths, we need to know what they are. And there are lots of strength assessments out there. There's a VAA that's free. There are all kinds of them out there, and uh, one I've, I, that I've used at, at Champlain College where I teach, and I've done with my with my friend Tom. I talk about him here and there. With um, the work we do together, is strength scope. That's not free. It's not enormously expensive either. I believe it's out of the UK, but anyway, it produces a color wheel. So it, it's not that these are you know you're you're good at this. These are your strengths, and you suck at that. That's why I like um, scope a lot is because it, it's not about what you suck at. It's just about what excites you and what drains you. So the color wheel, and it's very, really pretty to look at. And I don't remember all of mine, but one of them was optimism, enthusiasm. another one was enthusiasm. Basically, I'm a big sky person who's really positive. Lots of ideas. Creativity is way up there. And then details, not so much. And, and it doesn't mean, so it doesn't mean you suck at it. It means it's going to take you way more time than somebody else. Why? Because you don't like it and it's not how you're programmed. So it's really good to know this stuff because uh, there's no way I'm going to be in alignment with, you know, if I try to focus on detail-oriented tasks, it's just not going to go anywhere good. It's going to be frustrating and it's going to drain me. So the whole thing with, you know, running our own race, living this phenomenal, fulfilled, wonderful existence is to know what your signature strengths are, hone in on those to feed and figure out what you're passionate about. What makes your heart sing? Signature strengths meet up with what makes your heart sing. And then, and then how that naturally contributes to the world. And it's about listening. It's just opening up and listening to these whispers, as Oprah said, because your Dharma is coming from the divine, right? And so you don't, you know, it's not outside of you; it's inside of you. So, it's kind of like if you have to ask if you if you're in love, you're not, because it's just obvious. And when your dharma speaks to you, it's also obvious, and you know by how you feel. Oprah says this a lot too. You know, when you're in the flow zone and you're doing what you're meant to be doing, by how you feel. When you feel just so incredibly fulfilled because you're making a difference with your with your with your passion. And your excitement about it and your skill set, man, you are just, you are running your own race. You know, and it's interesting when we look, when we look at our, our past of figuring out our Dharma, Dharma, because, you know, if Fabulous 57, I'm, I am pretty clear on what my Dharma is now. And it doesn't mean there's nothing for growth and things like that. I don't mean that at all. I just, it's just taken a while because I'll tell you when I was at St. Mike's early on and I, now I do have a genuine love of science. That's always been true. I love, I could talk about neurons and physiology and brain stuff all day long and not have one bored second. However, I wanted to be an MD and I knew that I wanted to be a doctor like as a, as a kid, yet I didn't realize until, you know, that lovely midlife retrospect thing that my original ideas for being an MD and surgery fascinates me and all that stuff. It was my, my motivation In addition to the genuine love of science, and I also love to help people. So that's also true. Um, But it was really shame that was my motivator because, as many of you know, the backstory, you know, I grew up with, you know, two abusive alcoholic parents. And that is not said with judgment or blame. Um, I'm because I'm way past that. I'm sure they did the best they could with, with their own situations. However, it was a very turbulent, you know, existence loaded with shame, you know, shame just was the air i breathed in my household for years and that was my motivation and that's very classic acoa many not all of course but many people in the helping professions your doctors and nurses and therapists and often ministers um anybody who wears a uniform military police firefighters etc especially the oldest child of an of an alcoholic family often are pulled into helping professions because of again, not everybody, but it's super common because of the lack of, of honor in the family and all the shame and embarrassment and things like that that happened in the family. And so that was so true of me. I didn't realize it at that time. I was just, you know, studying, working hard at it. I really wanted to be a doctor. I was torn between, well, ironically, the brain and the heart being a brain, brain surgeon or a, you know a cardiologist. And I'll tell you that in a minute. Um, but I realized it, it was a classic ACOA thing of, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna want me, if you don't want me, you're sure as hell going to need me. And that was my motivator. And I didn't realize it till later. Now, ironically, you know, as I le- as I came into my Dharma and figured out my Dharma, because then I went into counseling because that filled the helping part of me. Um, but it, and it, and I liked it enough. I, it wasn't like it was, it wasn't like it was a total bomb. I did like it for a while. And then I naturally grew out of it because it wasn't, I wasn't, I was getting on track, but not totally on track. Like I was kind of running next to my Dharma, feeling it, could taste it a little bit, but it wasn't right there. And I tell you, if you ever would have asked me if I was going to be a professor and run around speaking around the country, doing workshops at a really young age, I would have thought you were nuts. And I'm so in the flow zone with it. It's, it's crazy. Here's the thing. I, and the mind heart thing, because now I got my doctorate in cognitive psychology and my well-being work with all the with um, what I teach with Minecraft, all the workshops I do at Champlain as a well-being and success coach there, my dual role and running around the country speaking about well-being and, you know, and and how to and how to, um, you know, live your highest vibe, best life is a merge of mind and heart. It just wasn't as an M.D., It's wild. And now I'm living my Dharma. I'm so living my Dharma because I also love people. And I know that it is my mission on this life to mirror value to people, to help them see their own value. I know that for sure as I breathe oxygen and it has all come together and it's wild. I listened to Jay talk about how he came into that also with his speaking and, and, um, and reaching out to people and how a monk friend of his and the, he was a monk for three years and he was um, doing very well at it, kind of had a conversation with him. You can take everything you've learned here and be way more effective out in the world speaking to people and making a difference. And, of course, now he is. He's doing. He's written this great book, which I love, and he's doing podcasts and everything else. And so the reason I'm sharing this story, you know, sort of personal story with you is, wow, and that's how I came into my Dharma. I was kind of running next to it in different ways for so many years, touching it, tasting it, feeling it. And then until I actually jumped on the path and now, wow, it's just so crystal clear and fulfilling and rewarding. And I, um, spiritually just on fire. I don't know. It's the best thing ever. Okay. So that said, Dharma, right? Is basically just to recap our call. It can't be an exact translation from Sanskrit, but basically Dharma is your calling Right? Or passion plus excitement plus the plus the usefulness piece. If it if it only helps you and doesn't serve a you know, a bigger than you kind of contribute to the world thing, then that isn't right because we are all wired for for service and, and to transcend something and become part of something bigger than ourselves. So that's a key part too. So passion in alignment with excitement, which involves your signature strength, your personality, and then the contribution to something larger than yourself. Discover it, embrace it, chase it, love it, and live it. This is Kimberly Quinn signing off from the beautiful Northern Vermont. Have a mindful day.